Happy Birthday, Mr. President is a production of Big Four Enterprises, copyright 2019. I'm your host, Jeff Myers. My co-host is Carissa Slate. Our creative director is Shelby Myers, and our senior writer is Evan Myers. This is Happy Birthday, Mr. President. Do you know what song that is, Carissa? Pomp and Circumstance. It is Pomp and Circumstance. Pomp and... Pomp, pomp and Circumstance. Pomp. Okay, I thought so. I thought so. Any idea why we're playing it? Well, it's uh, graduation time for a lot of a lot of people graduating in December. Yeah. Well, we are celebrating the 163rd birthday of Woodrow Wilson, and he was probably our most academic president that we ever had so i thought i'd play ah, a little bit of pomp and circumstance so a tribute to the yeah collegiate just a, world just a little something there for a collegiate so he was born on december 28th 1856 in staunton virginia Staunton. yes staunton virginia and his first name wasn't woodrow it wasn't thomas what thomas woodrow wilson Wait, what? But I guess <laughs> he dropped the Thomas. He didn't like Thomas. Apparently he didn't like Thomas. And Woodrow sounds much better. It's very distinguished, yeah. you know, as, a, mm-hmm. as an academic, academic, academic person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the smart people. One of the, yes, yes. He did suffer from, he had some sort of a, a dyslexia because he didn't learn how to read until he was 10 years old. Really? Yeah. But the thing is, is that he learned to overcome it, and he became this incredible speaker and orator. He was uh, a college professor and just could give speeches like nobody's business. Uh um, But he was a mama's boy. Oh, was he? (laughs) Yes, he was a mama's boy. That's funny you say that. And I think that she noticed how good he was at speaking, and she said that he could be an actor. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So... But uh, he attended college at the College of New Jersey, which is also known as Princeton University. Princeton. One of the Ivy League schools. And he played baseball and football at Princeton. Did he? Yeah, he did. I don't know if you're going to say this later on, but you know when he was nine years old, he drafted up a constitution for his Little League baseball team? Wait. I did not know yes. that. A constitution for yes. his Little League Baseball League. Yep. Do you remember any of it? I don't remember any details about it, but it's probably the only baseball team that had in its history own of baseball teams. constitution <laughs> yeah. when he was nine years yep. old. Well, you know how parents can be at Little League games. Oh, so maybe, yeah. Maybe it was, oh, yeah. here's how parents should act <laughs> yeah. when their kids uh-huh. are in youth sports. Uh-huh. I wonder if it's around, if there's and, a copy of it anywhere. And it started with Woodrow Wilson. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, he, he was a writer, mm-hmm. prolific writer, and he was published mm-hmm. many times. And uh, he did. He graduated 38th in his class of 167 from oh, Princeton University. Yeah. Well, after he got his degree at Princeton, he went to law school, like many of our mm-hmm, presidents do. Mm-hmm. He went to the University of Virginia to study law, and he hated it. Oh, naturally. But he went ahead and he got his law degree, mm-hmm. and he went to Atlanta, and he opened a law practice with a partner, and he hated that, too. Oh. So going to law school, he didn't like. Yeah. Practicing law, he didn't like. 
So he decided that he's going to continue his education. He went to Johns Hopkins University, and he got his Ph.D. in political science. So he was a doctor? He was a doctor. <laughs> Dr. Thomas Woodrow Wilson, our president. He taught at uh, a couple of colleges. He taught at Bryn Mawr College, okay. which was an all-female college. Oh. And he also taught at Wesleyan University. And while he was at Wesleyan, he wrote a book that was called The State, Elements of Historical and Practical Politics. And interestingly enough, it really was an, it advocated some of the principles of socialism. Okay. Yes. And he said that government action uh, was essential to righting society's wrongs. There were things like child labor, consumers' rights, mm -hmm. breaking up monopolies and trusts, and operating major transportation systems. So those were some of the, the concepts that he thought that, uh, you know, there were these things that were wrong in our society, and it was government's role to step in yeah. and, and, and fix those things. Another thing he did while he was at Wesleyan, their football team played um, Penn, and he put a play in the playbook for Wesleyan when they played Penn. So I guess he's a football oh, coach yep. too. <laughs> yeah. Probably wouldn't think of Woodrow Wilson as a football no. coach. No. Yeah. Uh, he was president of Princeton University mm -hmm. for eight years. And uh, one of the things that he did while he was there is, or what he, what he wanted to do, uh, was set up. Uh, dormitories and have each of the classes in their own dormitory. So like freshmen all in one dorm oh. and sophomores, juniors and seniors. But he got a lot of pushback from his administration. Yeah. Yes. And there was a guy from Cincinnati. His name was Proctor. Okay. Of Proctor and Gamble. Oh, yes, okay. Uh -huh. That ha was going to give $500,000 to establish a graduate school mm -hmm. at Princeton University. And he put some conditions on it. And so while Woodrow Wilson wanted to do this thing with the dorms and Proctor wanted to do something with the grad school, so they had to, he had to make some changes. Yeah. He had to back away from it. So, But he got a call from some of the political leaders of the time in the Democrat Party, and uh, they wanted him to run for governor of New Jersey, and he did, and he won. So he, he served as governor of New yeah. Jersey. Yeah. Yes. Well, he was recruited from he was being president. Recruited Princeton? from being president at Princeton University wow, to be the governor of New Jersey. That's so that's impressive. how he got into politics. Yeah. But you think when you're a, a president of a university, uh, you know you've got a lot of people that listen to you and yeah. speak. And even when he was a teacher too, uh, most of his classes were filled up because yeah. the students loved him as a, a, as a professor. He was a great speaker, so they wanted to come and hear what this guy had to say. Well, he. Uh, it was the election of 1912. Mm -hmm. That was the first election that uh, he ran in, and he was elected the 28th president of the United States in 1912. And he ran against William Howard Taft, uh, who was the Republican candidate. Uh -huh. It's one of your favorites, he I He is. Know. He is the yes. fatty. <laughs> yes. He liked to take baths in the bathtub, right? <laughs> That's for another time. That's for another time. <laughs> well, one of the things about William Howard Taft, because he was the incumbent, uh, he actually lost the election, of course, to Woodrow mm -hmm. Wilson with the fewest popular votes of any incumbent president. Oh, really? Yeah. Well. So, yeah. So, uh, William Howard Taft kind of lost his popularity yeah. with the people. 
And former president of the United States, Theodore Roosevelt, also ran in the election of 1912. Really? In the Bull Moose Party. So there were there, so you had an incumbent president, a past president, and then Woodrow Wilson mm-hmm. in the election of 1912. And Woodrow Wilson was the winner of that. So his first term was from 1912 until 1916. And he entered office on March 4th, 1913, and he was 56 years old. Okay. So, I think, uh, uh, you know, a good age of yeah. being the chief executive of, yeah. our, of our government. And some of the things that he did in his first term was the 16th Amendment was ratified. Mm-hmm. That's the income tax. Oh, yeah. okay. It yeah. all started with Woodrow Wilson. Yes. Uh, he also created was was instrumental in the creation of the Federal Reserve System, so Federal Reserve Bank, uh, okay. that sort of thing, and also the Federal Trade Commission. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was the uh, yeah trade and banking, those sorts of things. So those are some of the the big issues there. Mm-hmm. He was married to uh, he actually was married twice. His first wife, uh, Ellen Louise Axon Wilson. I was married to her for 28 years, mm-hmm. and she died uh, in 1914 of nephritis. Nephritis. Mm. Yes. Now, you're a doctor, right? <laughs> I am a doctor. Do you know what? Not, not the doctor like Woodrow Wilson, though. Different He's a kind of PhD doctor. doctor, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what nephritis is. That sounds like some sort of a neurological disorder. It sounds like a kidney Oh, kidneys? Kidney inflammation, yeah. That's why you're the doctor and I'm just the host. <laughs> Maybe. I could be totally wrong, though. <laughs> well, well, he was married to Ellen for 28 years, and uh, she died in 1914. And then less than a year later, he was remarried. He was. Yes. Which is funny. Earlier, you said he was a mama's boy. So, yes. a little side note. Sigmund Freud, you know who Sigmund Freud yes. is? The psychologist, yes. father of psychology, whatever. Yes. Well, he hated Woodrow Wilson. And I don't know the really? details of it, but yes, he hated him. I think it had something to do with the League of Nations. and Oh, wow. So he wrote a book about Woodrow Wilson, and in it he talked about how he had mommy issues, basically, and that's why he was so quick to remarry because he needed a mothering figure in his life. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yep. I did not know that. <laughs> well, her name was Edith Galt, mm-hmm. and so that was his second husband. Second wife. Second wife. <laughs> yes, second wife. And uh, she actually was very instrumental uh, in more in his second term. Yes, she was. Uh, but in his first term, so we're in the 19-teens, mm-hmm. and there's rumblings of World War One in Europe. So World War One actually is underway. And I had a high school history teacher, Phil Stevenson, and I took European history with him. And I always remember that World War One started with the assassination of the Archduke of Ferdinand. Yeah. So... Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> so World War One's going on, uh-huh. and Woodrow Wilson uh, it, it puts the United States in this posture, say we're going to be neutral, we're going to mm-hmm. stay, we're going to maintain our neutrality. And there were a couple of things that uh, started to happen that really drew the United States into the into World War One. Well, he served his first term, and then there was the election of 1916, so mm-hmm. he was the incumbent, and he defeated former New York Governor and Supreme Court Justice Charles Evans Hughes, uh, and was so he had went on to his second uh, term. And there were a couple things that started to happen with uh, world in World War One. So the first 
one of the major events was when the German submarines uh, sank the Lusitania, mm-hmm. which was a passenger ship, and there oh. were Americans aboard. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Germans said that they were going to have open submarine warfare, and that really s- sat wrong, you know, with a lot of people here mm-hmm. in the United States. And then I think what really the straw that broke the camel's back is when uh, a, a telegram was intercepted from Germany to Mexico, and it was saying, Germany was saying, hey, Mexico, if you align with us, we're going to help you get back Arizona and New Mexico oh. in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the U.S. enters the war on the side of Great Britain and France, then Mexico, you know, Germany and Mexico said they were going to align. Yeah. Well, that was it. That mm-hmm. was too much, too much to bear. So the U.S. declared war on April 2nd, 1917, mm-hmm. and the United States was now fully engaged in World War One, mm-hmm. which was the, the, the Great War, is what a lot yeah. of people called it. Well, during that time, Americans, to support the war effort, they had things like victory gardens. They would grow vegetables to help provide food, you know, for their, their own families, which yeah. would uh, contribute to the war effort. Uh, there were things called Meatless Mondays. Yeah. People didn't eat meat on Mondays. Mm-hmm. Wheatless Tuesdays, uh, other things. Um, in fact, uh, Woodrow Wilson had a flock of sheep on the White House grounds to provide wool during shortages during World War One. So oh, wow. They would uh, get wool from these sheep. Um, and it was in his second term that you mentioned the League of Nations and, and President Wilson had these 14 points that mm-hmm. he wanted to present as a way to uh, bring in, bring about peace. And so the 14 points emphasized things like open treaties and open trade, open seas, arms mm-hmm. reductions. Mm-hmm. So when you think about those things that he was doing uh, way back then in, in the early uh, late 19-teens and early 1920s, some of those elements kind of went forward uh, even today. And then, yeah. of course, you mentioned the League of Nations was his his vision that there would be this body of nations that would help solve um, these conflicts around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out he never he never lived long enough to see. Well, the the United Nations is what it eventually yeah. came. He never lived long enough to see that. So, uh, also during his second term, the Nineteenth Amendment was ratified, which uh, gave women the right to vote. Yes. So. His, so Edith. Yes. Edith was actually, she was a pretty progressive lady. You know, she was the first woman in the District of Columbia to have a driver's license. I did not know that. Yeah. Yep. What kind of car did she drive? Oh, I don't know. I'm guessing some (laughs) kind of Ford. (laughs) T-model. That was probably back when Henry Ford was making Model Ts. And did you know you could get any color of Model T that you wanted as long as it was black? (laughs) That's, that's a good yeah. one. <laughs> well, it was also so after uh, he had he'd actually gone to France mm-hmm. uh, to a, a peace meeting, peace treaty meeting during World War One, and that's where he presented the League of Nations concept. He came back to the United States, and then he went on a tour of the country mm-hmm. to basically gather up support for for the League of Nations. Well, while he was in Pueblo, Colorado, it was in 1919, he suffered. A severe stroke. Yes. And it really affected him pretty much for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And it was said that during that time, Edith was really the gatekeeper of yeah. what the president 
saw and yes. didn't see because some called her the first female president yeah. of the United States. Yes, mm-hmm. Edith Wilson. Yes. yes, because she knew that her husband was under stress and didn't need to be bothered with things. So she really was the one that decided what was important and what wasn't yep. important. Yep. So that was that was very interesting. Well, and you wonder with you know severe strokes, a lot of times, more often than not, your cognition is impacted one way or another. Yeah. So he probably didn't have great decision making and That's very interesting. Now you mm-hmm. you have a specialty in uh, uh brain trauma, brain disorders, I do, right? I do. In your practice. So yeah. Yes. So, so this is a good topic for yeah. you to discuss because mm-hmm. you really are an expert mm-hmm. in this area. So well she she really was that gatekeeper and uh, up until his last days, um that uh, she she really ran things for him. Yeah. And so she was she was a good person for him to have in, yeah. in his life. So, well, here's some things about Woodrow Wilson. Uh, I call them presidential firsts or Ooh. presidential only, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. So Woodrow Wilson was the first and only president of the United States to have a PhD and also a Nobel Prize. Oh, yes. wow. Now, there have been other presidents that have Nobel Prizes. But not also a PhD. But not also have PhDs, yes. Okay. So Woodrow Wilson was is the first Very and only. cool. Woodrow Wilson was also the first president to travel to Europe while serving as president of the United States. Huh. That's hard to believe. That is. Yes. So no other president of the United States had traveled to Europe while they were in office. Right. But Woodrow Wilson was the first. Yeah. Woodrow Wilson's also the only president of the United States to be buried in Washington, D.C., Really? Yes. I did not know that. Actually, no, wait a minute. No, that I take that. I was getting ready to say, what about John F. Kennedy? Uh-huh. He's actually buried in Arlington, Virginia. Huh. So, yeah. So, Woodrow Wilson is the only one to be buried in Washington, D.C. Huh. Yeah. William Howard Taft is also buried at Arlington. And he's... So, that's in yeah. Virginia. So, I'm getting ahead of myself yeah. with a couple of other presidents, but yeah. knowing where they're buried, so... Yeah, Very Woodrow cool. Wilson's the only one in Washington, D.C. You would think there would be a lot more. You would. Uh-huh. You would. Now, I was telling you about how when uh, Woodrow was younger and he played baseball and football at Princeton, I didn't know this, but he also liked golf. Uh, well, like many presidents do. Like many do. presidents <laughs> do. And he golfed regardless of the weather. Mm-hmm. So when it snowed, he used black golf balls. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Really? Which... <laughs> I still think they'd be hard to find. Yeah, that does not sound fun at all. Yeah, so yeah, so he he played Committed. golf whenever he wanted. So yeah. Well, after he got out of the White House, uh, he and Edith uh, stayed continued to live in in the D.C. area, and he rarely made appearances in public, and it was because he was kind of infirmed and. Um, the stroke affected him mm-hmm. as strokes affect yes, people, yes. And so you know that. And he died on February 3rd, 1924, and he was 67 years old. Okay. So he's buried at Washington Cathedral in Washington, D.C. That's, well, that's a lot of Washington <laughs> to say there. Washington Cathedral in Washington, D.C., uh, Edith, his wife, mm-hmm. she lived for about 38 more years. Wow. And she actually attended the inauguration of John F. Kennedy. Oh, really? Yes. So That's Edith cool. was there. Yes. So, cool. well, on this 163rd birthday of Woodrow Wilson, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Mr. Mr. President. President. 
Well, we really do appreciate you joining us for this episode of Happy Birthday, Mr. President, and we hope that you'll join us tomorrow as we celebrate the birthday of Andrew Johnson. Ooh, yeah. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>